turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. What up, what up? How's everybody doing on this fine weekend? Yes, we are back again for part two of the two-part segment. And uh, yes, this is not Pastor Joe. I will say this every single time I'm here. It's the more young and more handsome voice. Joseph Sutton third. Yay! Those are supposed to be claps. Uh, but yes, we are here, but I am interviewing my guest, my dad, uh, Pastor Joe, and if you were here last week, you would see uh, or you would hear um, he shared his testimony um, and just how he how his his faith journey began um, and just giving us the, the foundation of who he is. And now because we know that we get to hear why he does what he does, what motivates him to do it and kind of the uh, the struggles that he's gone through um while going through this this journey of ministry um it's pretty pretty powerful stuff if you guys know me then you know uh, i really look up to my dad and uh just kind of the the fight that he has been through is going through and how he still places other people um above himself and is always there to serve and so uh we get to kind of hear the motivation behind that um and just kind of see how he's doing so dad you want to say what up to the people <laughs> I say what up again, and uh, you know, he's talking about being open and being available. Uh, we've gotten so corporate sometime in church, and I work corporate, and church doesn't even do corporate right. It's sick to do corporate, mm. but they they try to have a form of corporate, but they're not a part thereof. I say, and uh, instead of being available and open to folks, you know, I had a pastor tell me one time. I said, well, why don't you you schedule? Certain pastors to be here in the evening so people can, if they want to have counsel, they come. He said, Well, people take off work to a dentist, they take mm. off work to see a doctor, they take off work to see me. And and I was like, I was like, Man, we're they're the business of making money. We're in the business of winning souls and not just winning souls. And that's one of the things we've been talking about at the church. We're going to talk about this month. It's not just the, the saying, saying the sinner's prayer, it's also helping that person grow it's the discipleship process and the discipleship process is a process that where you bear you bear your soul to mm-hmm. another person and let them see how to walk this thing out you know and you know for yourself that you know we our basement became the <laughs> the holding pen for everybody in trouble mm-hmm. spiritually you know they up come not you gotta come live with me mm-hmm. you gotta go to the basement you get to the basement up, uh, no, nope, you're not living right. Go to the basement. 
Yeah. You know, and uh, I always and, wanted that to be my room. <laughs> never worked out. Didn't work out that way. But you know, you 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 I realized that even though sin is sin, that in the in the urban context there's so many distractions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, and and, and when I say ur- urban, I'm not talking about minorities and poor folks and gangbang. I'm talking about diversity. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about is is you know, I get to go on a journey with one mile either way from our church, and the landscape changes. Mm-hmm. If we go one mile to the west, we're in Golden Valley. We go one mile to the north. You know, we didn't think of the north side. We go one mile to the east. We're at Target Center. One mile to the south, we're in Kenwood. You know, yeah. you know. So it's like you know, you grew up in an urban urban situation. You you see millionaire homes. And you get to see projects. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you 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 know you you know you know what it is to to eat authentic food because you go to a different neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You get the Greek neighborhood, you got Somali neighborhood, you got this neighborhood. You know, you can go there, you can eat in the suburbs. No diversity, you know, just chains, chain mm-hmm. stores. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they, they go there, and so you know, you you dealing with a lot of distractions, and it takes a, a more powerful witness. You know, when Jesus was, was ministering, he ministered different in the city than he did in the rural part, you know, because he knew he was dealing with different different things, different powers, different principalities. And uh, and so the thing that makes me uh, be drawn toward the urban thing is that because of the diversity I grew up with, you know, I mean, I you know, I remember the first, first time I got on a little bus, rode a bus over to Greek town, I was going to get me a gyro. That's what y'all called it. No, 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 that's oh. yeah. That's that. That was a that was a little black herb. I I go up there and say, yeah, I want to get a gyro, and that dude from behind the counter scared the life out of me. It's gyro. Yeah, it is gyro. <laughs> you know gyro. <laughs> and man, I was like, okay, okay, whatever you say, whatever yeah. you say. <laughs> Take my money, let me out of here. You yeah. know what I mean? You you go down to different. You just you go to different places, and you just. Ride your bike, you know. You can see, you can see art museums. You can see it's just in the urban kind. There's so many distractions, and and those distractions are helpful in one way, but they can handicap you in another way. Mm-hmm. So you 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 come you come to you come to the Lord, faith in the Lord, and and it's just so much to do, mm-hmm. so much to do, so many ways to go, so many different philosophies. You can find you can find a church that they believe almost anything you wanted to believe in mm-hmm. an urban area. They everywhere. I don't yeah. care whether cults, whatever. It, it, there's somebody there who will let you believe what you want to believe, and, and who will preach and let you get away with stuff like that. You know what I mean? And 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 that can be distracting. And that's when you need someone to hold your hand. You need someone to hold your hand. Mm-hmm. If someone's not holding your hand, or it, it's as it says in the twenty third, I rod and they staff, they comfort me. Mm-hmm. You know, as you walking through this valley of the shadow of death. The rod and the staff comfort you. We all know what the rod and staff do. One snatches your back, and the other one whacks you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you you gonna need some type of guidance. And so to to expect someone to to come out of, of a certain lifestyle, I don't care if it's a yuppie lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, they need someone to hold their hand. They need someone to guide them. They need someone to take them there. And so that's what I've committed my life to, and understanding. And that from that from that urban context point that that they need that extra bit of guidance, they need that extra bit of help. And and it, the sad thing about it is, 
it's just biblical discipleship. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, letting them come into your home, you know, let them work, let them see how, how things are done. You know what I mean? You know, and we're real bad in the church when it comes to, to producing men. Mm-hmm. We don't produce men. We produce something, but I don't know what it is, but we don't produce men. Mm-hmm. My, my, my <laughs> nightmare. Mm-hmm. When I first had you and Uncle Elwood said, congratulations. You know, I know you're going to be a soldier. And I stopped and I said, oh, no, I got to raise my son in church. Yeah. And Elwood said, oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to start praying now. Yeah. You know I mean? Because because you 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 because most men don't <clears throat> don't show their feelings in church. And some churches, the, the minister doesn't even come out and worship doing praise and worship. They sit in the back room and they mm. wait till it's over. And then they come stepping out and they deliver the powerful word or whatever it is. And so if you're a young man t- trying to figure out how to worship God, you, you usually have to get your cue from the women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul talks about the feminine spirit and the feminine spirit will come in, you know, and we'll do something. But it's not, I don't think it's so much as if feminine like they want to be <laughs> defined as sexuality. I just think it's just they don't understand what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. Right. The world says a man can fight. He, he, he sleeps with lots of women. He drinks. He does. He get high. That, throw that out. Right. That mm-hmm. violates all God's principles right there. So what do I have left to show that I'm a man? You know, what I, that, that, that I'm abstaining. Yeah, uh, that doesn't that doesn't equate with man. That, that there's no action adventure movies about no dude abstaining from sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? So nothing wrong with that cootie. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it, so so when you're trying to come in there and understand what it means, that means you need to walk with another man. Mm-hmm. Then you need to walk with another man. Tell you how to operate, how to operate, how to do what you need to do, and and, and understand the pillars of manhood. Understand what it means to be a warrior. Understand what it means to be. A lover, understand what it means to be a father, mm-hmm. you know, to go out there and to do those things. And you don't get that much. Yeah. The only way you get that is you have to be with somebody doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, 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 and yeah, it's, it's, it's a deep, deep thing, but yeah, it's, it's something we got to get, get done. Yeah. And so, um, you like brought up a like really good point about just kind of your, your motivation behind it. And like, you've, You've been, you've spoken all over the world. You've had so many different opportunities to quote unquote leave North Minneapolis. Um, and uh, just kind of, can you just kind of share with us um, why, why North Minneapolis? Like what, like I know it's your calling to be there um, and we'll make it, we'll give it some time to let you share that for a little bit. Okay. I, I, Main reason why I'm in North Minneapolis is because that God said stay there. And my first years here, I didn't want to stay. Mm. I felt that uh, I needed to be in Washington D.C. I needed to be in some think tank. I needed to be making major moves in Christianity mm. and everything like that. But but God, He showed me some things. You know, through through my friends in the corporate sector. You know what I mean? That that you can do all these things, but. You know, what What are you really doing for yourself and your character? And I read First Timothy chapter 3 when it said that, you know, the sign of a, of a man is that he, excuse my hicking in my voice, that, that's that, that the meds I'm taking, but it makes me stutter. But is how well he runs his household. Mm-hmm. 
how well he runs his household. I did all my traveling early in life before I got married, before I had you there. And once I got married, I settled down to, to, to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. I have friends who travel around the world still. They make their money, you know, speaking all around the world, evangelizing, doing things like that. And But I don't do that, mm-hmm. you know, because I put my emphasis on my family first. You know what I mean? Because God t- told me he was going to use me to raise up the next generation of evangelists. Mm-hmm. And and I know they all weren't coming from my house. And you know you got a lot of guys that you call uncle. You got a lot of guys that you call, you know, you can call brother because I fathered them and I take them in under my wing and, and, and I help, <clears throat> help them become a man. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're 50, 60, or 12. You know what I mean? There's some certain principles they have to operate in and have to go. So when God sent me here, I was just like, you know, I thought I was on punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was on punishment, most spiritual punishment. I've been I've been banished to North Minneapolis. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but, but then a friend of mine came and told me, he gave me these, these words of wisdom, and he said, he said, Joe, God has brought the world to North Minneapolis, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and through my faithfulness of serving here, you know, it, it, it do people all over the world know my name. You know what I mean? And, and because I'm always giving and I'm always sharing. Mm-hmm. And I, when Foursquare came in and gave me that award that Sunday, it was because they say, yo, they don't know what you do when you get on a plane. Mm-hmm. They probably don't even know you're going half the time. And when I'm out there helping somebody, helping somebody around in another country, helping somebody in another city, and then I come home, you know, it's nothing to brag about, nothing to go. Just, you know, it's no longer I that live it, but Christ that live it to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's how I had to take it. I had to keep going. And I, I, I admonish people that don't matter. It, your level of visibility doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can be a janitor. You can be, you can be just a Sunday school teacher. Your level of visibility doesn't matter. God has you in that position because only you can fill that position. Only I can fill the position that I feel. You know, only I could, from because of the way I grew up, can sit up there and sit there and and have rival rival gang leaders in my living room sitting around having a Bible study. You know what I mean? Because they both sides trust me. You know what I mean? That they're sitting there, they, they don't question me because they know that I'm about the kingdom. And and so you 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 don't get that mix unless God prepares you for it. And I realized that the 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 junk that I went through prior to salvation, we're growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in. God was preparing me. You know, what I mean, He's preparing me to 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 be His answer, to be His voice, mm-hmm. and and to go ahead and do that. And so that's what I do now. These last ten years of my life. I've been filled with a lot of challenges mm-hmm. uh, from a medical point of view and to the tune where some people wonder whether or not uh, I have some sin in my life. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I was having all, Job has become my favorite book of yeah. the Bible. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I don't, those sin, I even ask God, did I sin? Did I do something wrong? Man, I used to go to y'all room every night and, and pray over y'all because I thought that, you know, in the book of Job, Kids went first, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I go in there and make sure y'all was still there. And so you go there. But, but, you know, but in the midst of those challenges, the health challenges, God has opened up 
and uh and, and revealed some things to me that, that I didn't I never would have saw. You know, in all my ministering and all my praying for people, I never would have saw. And uh as we come out the break, I'm gonna show you what those challenges are. Yes, yes. That that was my line though. Uh-huh. We're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back, we're gonna um just dive into the challenges that uh, my dad has gone through and just how he perseveres and how he stays strong through all of those. So don't touch that radio now. We will be right back. You are tuned in to Isaiah 61. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. This is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM980 The Mission. I'm often asked by our loyal listeners, how do I support your radio station's mission in sharing the good news of the gospel? My answer is simple. Support those who support us. Instead of sending us a gift of money, I encourage you to send that same gift of money to one of our great national or local ministries that you hear daily on AM980 The Mission. Or next time you need a product or service, visit our advertiser section on am980themission.com or call us at 651-405-8800. Hey, hey. Okay. Yeah, so this is this is the the negative aspect of when you play beats around my dad, he thinks he becomes a rapper, but it's not his ministry. So <laughs> But welcome back to Isaiah sixty one. If you are just now tuning in, um we were talking about um my dad, Pastor Joe's motivations behind um why he does what he does, um and does it so strongly. Um but now we're we're tapping into um, some of the, you know, when you see me come on the radio, usually it's because he's had some kind of medical scare or something has happened. Um, and so we're tapping into just kind of the, the struggles of ministry when you are sick or if you are going through certain things. Um, so dad, you want to take it away? Yeah. I, 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 when I first, first got my kidneys first went into failure, uh, I, didn't want to do dialysis. I just told my wife, I just want to take 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 a year, travel around the world, say, say about all my friends, and clock out and call it a day. And uh, and she didn't think I was serious, but I was serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she came back. She broke down the doctor's office, crying. And my wife doesn't ask for much. And she said, "You can't leave me with all these kids. Stay around till till the kids are stable." Mm. And it would, Josiah would be the last one. He ain't stable. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be here for a minute. I'll be here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, but what it did to me was what, what it, it opened up a realm. I, you know, I, I was sure with God that I, I didn't have no unconfessed sins in my life. And, and so I just was like, okay, you know, God, and I just, I just got, my eyes open to people who are, who look healthy, but are really sick. Mm-hmm. It, and you know they could have 
juvenile diabetes. They can be on dialysis like me. Uh, they could just be living, you know, with a slow-growing cancer. Uh, and, you know, and I, I, and I got introduced to this world because I was now a part of this world. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have never thought about going to a dialysis clinic and sitting up there and sharing the gospel with people. I never would have thought about it. I, I just, it just wouldn't have entered my mind. It wouldn't have entered my little evangelical mind to do something like that. And yet these people, every day have nothing really to live for. A machine keeps them alive, you know, whatever they do. And the, the, the medical van picks them up on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, they recover. And you don't have much of a life. And, uh, and I got thrust into this thing. And I started looking. I started praying for people. And even the health providers who know that you're eventually going to die and, and just but can't say anything because certain codes can't really minister to you. And, uh, you know, and, and I had an opportunity to go in there and break, break down some walls and break down some things and spend time praying with people. And one guy asked me one time, he said, aren't you mad at God? I said, mad at God for what? He said, you're just like us. You serve God and this is how he rewards you with this. I said, man, God didn't reward me with this. I said, this is my battle. And it's my battle. And I win my battles. Mm. I said, I win mine. I said, yeah, you will never you won't find, you know, the sad thing about it is I do more it, it, with this disease than I did before the disease. Mm-hmm. You know, time wise. You know, spending time investing in people, doing whatever like that. I was wasting time. You know, I look at it, you know, three days of my life are gone, or I'm sitting on the machine. You know, and I, then I get off the machine, I'm, I'm, my body's all tired. You know, but then I get more done. I still, we, we still run the, the, the leadership component mm-hmm. for the kids in the summertime. We still, you know, pick up, pick up and run track and get kids doing that. You know, make work with 200 kids a week. That still gets done. It, it still gets done. And I, and I tell anybody, if any joy I give to them is that, that whatever illness you fight, it doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't define me. You know what I mean? I set the tone. You know, there's some days I can't move. There's some days, you know, you know, I, I lost a, a mishap. They, they lost a pint of my blood. And, and you know, so my hemoglobin is low. My red blood cell count is low. And, man, I fall asleep sometimes. I fell asleep on the, on the pastor today on the phone. Mm-hmm. I just go that little out, you know, because I got to wait till my blood repentances itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but you know, I don't, I don't look at trying to sue nobody or, Get upset about that, you know. That lady was so distraught; thought she was gonna lose her job, or license. I said, I, I laughed at. It. I made a joke about it. You know what I mean? You know, and I, I said, can I get a, can I get a, a free pint? You know, y'all owe me a pint. Can I get, <laughs> can I get a free pint? Yeah. You know, and uh, but 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 the thing about it is, is that when you get exposed to that, when you see people like that, people that have diabetes, you know what I mean? They have the other things like that, and and we don't know how to pray for these people. Because mm-hmm. they got to live with this stuff. Yeah. Right? And and, and and on one side of our theological spectrum, we say you don't have to live with it. Right? In Jesus' name, be made whole. Right? Mm-hmm. But what about when you ain't made whole in Jesus' name? What about when you have to, this is just the cross that you have to bear. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what I look at is this, is that, as I told my doctor, when I saw him, I said, I'm going to teach you how to die as a Christian. Follow me. I'm going to show you how to die. I'm going to show you how to die. Not just follow me because I give you life, I give you a car, I give you a job. I'm going to show you how to die. 
You know, he looked at me like, whoa, what is that? I said, I said, because you can die with dignity. You can die with wholeness. And I said, you know, and, and what I do for a lot of people is I give them hope. Mm-hmm. Because they see what I do and how I function. And I come in there, I'm the light, I'm the light, I'm laughing. I've been on this thing for nine years. I got everybody, I, you know, when I'm missing, they say the clinic ain't fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, the clinic ain't fun. Yeah. And, and when, sometimes when I go out of town, I'm gone for two or three, or like a week. They, they think, did he die? Because that's what we think. When we don't see each other for a while, did they die? Mm. Did they die? You know, and people have to live with that. You know what I mean? But we come out, we give hope. Mm-hmm. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. But hope is in there too. Yeah. And I'm gonna give you hope that whatever you're dealing with, whatever you got going on there, it doesn't define you. And and, and through that victory, if we can march strong, march strong in, in our ailment, then others can walk strong stronger in their health. Yeah. And we can get some things done in the kingdom. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. And and, and there's not a sickness you can name. That can take me down. Yeah. And I stand on that. <laughs> and it's a fact. And I, I will say, as we conclude, one thing that also has been great is our family has gotten so much closer um, through this time period. And uh, and we put ourselves aside to for the better of the family. And we always appreciate that. And that's exactly why my pops is my motivation um, to do what I do. And so we thank you guys for tuning in to Isaiah 61. We are praying for everyone uh, who may be going through something. And please continue to pray for my pops. But we'll see y'all next week. Peace out.